it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. right in because I feel like this could go off the rails. <laughs> we yeah. can talk about this in a few parts, but we'll see what we can get done today. Good morning, Paula. Um, Hello, Paula. We are navigating our body changes coming out of the pandemic. Uh, we'll, we definitely will be talking just, you know, in general body changes, but also like how it affects our wardrobe because that is where I'm seeing a lot of the stress and anxiety coming from women. You know, we're not that we're completely out of the pandemic, but with, you know, the vaccines happening, things, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel like there's this collective stress around what do I look like? My appearance, my clothes aren't going to fit. What the hell do I do? So let's talk about, and I think it's been common almost across the board, like the majority of people, their bodies have changed during the pandemic. So let's talk about why that's happened. I would love for your input, Ronnie, on why our bodies have changed during the pandemic. Well, I mean, obviously, we're stress eating, right? People are eating more than they normally do. And it happens for a number of reasons, stress, and even like boredom and mindless eating, which is kind of a stress as well, right? So you're you know, probably around home more, you're not as active as you were maybe, um, you know, because you're, you're spending more time at home and you're looking for things to fill that space. Yeah. And, you know, maybe people were more physically active and didn't have access to their normal routine. And we all know that we thrive on routine and habits and, and all of those things. Then there's the up and down of the stress and the unpredictable there's the fear are you going to be sick are you going to cause somebody else to be sick are you going to lose business like there's just so much collective stress on an individual level and collectively um and so it affects our ability to move our bodies in ways that feel good for us some of us have more freedom to do that than others based on where we're living you know on the pandemic but also it doesn't matter how much you're moving your body if you're mm-hmm. eating more than you're burning just because you're trying to soothe that fear and that anxiety and the stress and everything that's been coming with it. And, you know, I think I've, I said this last week or another week that we were chatting, but um, it's, very, it's very easy for most people to judge themselves when they start eating more than, um, you know, they had been or when they start gaining weight because they've been soothing emotions a little bit more because we've been taught that 
one way to eat is good and the other way to eat is bad. And if we're using food for reasons other than hunger, then it's bad. But, um, you know, I really want to challenge people to think about the way that they're eating in a little bit of a different way. Because for me, it's not about good or bad. It's about like, <clears throat> you know, good or bad hunger. All hunger is serving a purpose. Anytime you're reaching for food, it's serving a purpose. So it's not good or bad, it's serving a purpose. It may not be serving you in a productive way if it's causing you to not feel good in your body and you're eating things that don't make you feel great, but it's serving an emotional purpose mm -hmm. that you're not otherwise able to um, manage on your own without, without the food in that moment. And I think we should not feel bad about that. Yeah, 100%. Because listen, like if that's what you need to do to get through this and you don't have any other coping strategies, it's a good thing because it's getting you through it in the only way that you know how. So feeling bad about it, it's only going to make you feel worse and add to the stress and anxiety and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. And so that is really kind of my first point that I want to talk about when navigating your body changes is that understanding that our bodies are meant to change like it's yeah. based on stress environment lifestyle illness hormonal changes life changes pandemic Time. our bodies are meant to change like it was meant it was built this way because it's trying to keep us alive yeah. and why should we be angry at it for keeping us alive but the thing is yeah. when our change because of all the conditioning we've been told about that change and what it means about us we've attached some meaning towards our body change it triggers anxiety it triggers stress it triggers shame and then we're all dealing with those feelings on top of it and then that's not going to be beneficial for you either yep and i'd like to when when you know as we as we get going more into this i want to walk everybody through a little exercise that they can do to see exactly in real time how that's not affecting them well right and you know so one thing that i've practiced is always practicing understanding that my body's going to change at some points in my life it might go up a size and sometimes in my life i might go down a size sometimes in my life it might be pretty pretty steady for a few years but I'm like 41 years old. My body has changed quite a bit in the last decade. Now, I do still have, I've always still had the privilege of living in a straight body. So I just, I want to recognize the privilege. Um, but it is, it does change. I have gotten frustrated when I go into my closet and my clothes don't fit, especially things that I've spent time and money collecting, maybe mm -hmm. I money on it. Um, I loved it. It made me feel awesome. And then I'm afraid I'm not going to find something else like it. Yeah. And then knowing, oh man, like I have to go buy new clothes and that's more time and effort. Like I, I, I get the frustration of it, but the yeah. thing is I refuse to hate my body. Yeah. I, like, that is fine. I will not cross. I can be frustrated, yeah. but I will not hate it. And I will not hold it hostage. Yeah. And listen, you know, I did that for most of my life. I did the hate and hostage thing for most of my life. Um, and it didn't get me anywhere good. It never got me anywhere good. It almost destroyed me as a matter of fact. And so, yeah, now I'm, I'm finally there. We're in the same place. Like it doesn't matter anymore. If something doesn't fit me, then it, it goes away and I find something else that does. Yeah. And so that's okay. It is. And it, it doesn't mean that there isn't emotions that come along with it. 
So be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Some people, it's just easy to be like, man, I'm moving on. And other people, like, it's still triggering for them. And that's okay. Be gentle yeah. at time. If it helps to just pack it away and not get rid of it completely, like, then do that. Then that's perfectly okay. But I do believe that the clothes that don't fit us right now and the bodies we currently have don't get to live in our closet. Because and they don't get to live in our head either. Right. And it does. It takes up mental space emotional space, physical space. And every time we want to go get dressed, we're seeing these clothes that can't fit us. And it either triggers some, some negative self-talk. It can trigger overwhelm because then you're like, I don't know what fits me and I can't make a choice. And our brains are wired to make our lives easy. It's why we always like park at the same spot when we go to the grocery store. So when we go out, we don't have to like think too much about it. And so when we have too many choices, too many options, our brain is like, this is too hard. I'm just going to wear what I wore last week. And, and if you do that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that bothers you, which I think, you know, from what I hear from most women, it's like, I don't want to be wearing the same two things that have been crumpled on my floor every day, right? And so release those pieces that don't fit. Don't hold your body hostage. Pack them away if that's what you need to do. They, they may fit again someday. Coming out of the pandemic, the thing is, chances are our bodies are going to change again. Oh, yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, probably. The next thing, if you do happen to, if your body has changed and you're going into your wardrobe and you're trying on things for the first time, maybe some shorts or a bathing suit, those tend to be like two big triggers for women. Yeah. And you catch yourself being triggered and you like spiral into like a vortex of anxiety and shame. Um, pause. Walk <laughs> <laughs> Walk away, some breaths to like your, 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 um, you know, your nervous system is triggered and you're mm -hmm. in that mode. You're not going to see yourself correctly. You're not going to be able to cope in that moment when you're fully. Yeah. So walk away, take some breaths, calm down, come back to it with a more cleaner slate. Usually when you come back to it a second time, it's not as maybe a, as a big of a shock or a trigger the second time. Put on some fun music. I put on like my, my I call it my running mix, even though I don't run anymore, like a dance playlist. Yeah. Have or an 80s or a 90s playlist that, you know, reminds you of or 60s or 70s, however old you are. <laughs> I'm an 80s and 90s girl, so I usually go for 80s. Um, you know, and put that playlist on and then start going through your closet. You know, try and give your, your head some positive brain waves while you go through the process. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The next one is I want people to, to detach any meaning of self-worth or value to the number or the size of their clothes. Yes. Because sometimes we're like, oh, I have to go up a size and this, this is a bad thing. This, it, 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 they've attached some kind of meaning towards it. In your experience, Ronnie, what meanings have they attached to? Shame, shame, fear, insecurity. It's usually shame, though, and it's usually, it usually stems from this, well, I did it to myself. And I'm so stupid because I did it to myself kind of a thing without really understanding that that's not really how it's working. And yes. that's, it's not, it's, that's not a thing. Um, and also, who gives a shit what number is on this, the inside of your pants? Like, truly. Like, truly, who gives a crap? 
And what difference does that make? <laughs> and really, the numbers don't mean a damn thing. They don't mean a thing. Every retailer makes or designer makes their size differently. I can be, you know, a medium or large or small, depending on the brand, even within the brand itself. So oh, really, yeah. Totally on the style. So I want women instead to look at it more neutrally. You don't love it. You don't hate it. It's it neutral. Is what it is. You don't attach any, you don't attach any meaning positive or negative towards the size or the, of your clothes. It's, you're solely going to be like, I'm going to explore whether this fits right now. If it fits, move on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think you it's important also, sorry. <laughs> I think it's important also to recognize the fact that that takes practice. It does. Like you can understand intellectually that it yeah. may not necessarily mean anything and that you should, you should, you should, you know, re remove emotion from it, but mm -hmm. it takes a lot of practice, like intentional practice to be able to actually integrate that knowledge and yeah. stop and stop getting sucked into that, that old belief. No, that that's correct. I was actually talking to a client yesterday. We had a session yesterday and intellectually she's like, Amanda, yeah. I this and I yeah. believe about others, but yeah. when it comes own body I can't help it and so I just said it just it takes practice it yep. just it takes practice it's like a muscle that yep. you are building if you want to well, build it's, re it's, it's retraining the, your brain it's training yourself to think a different way and we learn through repetition we learn through practice and repetition so you have to keep you have to recognize the fact that intellectually you can get it but you have to keep practicing and like I said I want to go through a little exercise um, after to really illustrate why it's so important to do this. Okay. Yeah. And if it, and if it doesn't fit, then it's like, it doesn't fit that it means nothing. It just means this yep. piece rationally currently doesn't fit this body right now. Yep. And it doesn't mean anything about your self-worth. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you're gross. It doesn't mean that you've given up because that's bullshit. Or that's failed. Or failed. Yep. That's not true either. Nope. And then one way, so if you do struggle with this, then my next point is start to talk to yourself like you would a family or friend. Yeah. And you would never verbally or emotionally abuse your friend. Well, at least I would hope you wouldn't emotionally and verbally abuse a friend or family member. But the thing is, often how we've practiced talking to ourselves is very abusive. Well, I think for a lot of us, we grow up in households that are very critical because, mm -hmm. because parents think, well, if I, I just have to keep correcting, so they'll do the right thing. And then we take that with us as we go into adulthood and we learn that this is the way that I correct myself. I have to be critical of myself so that I'll do better next time. And we, we really truly believe that. I certainly did for many years. Um, but no, <laughs> like it is the surest way to destroy your confidence and your self-worth. Um, it, it's like living with an abusive partner, except that it's in your head all day long. So it's even worse. Yeah. And I'm saying this not to put even more shame or self-blame on you if you do do this to yourself. Yeah, no, it's not about that because everybody, pretty much everybody does it. Like it's a really normal pattern to get stuck in. It's just the way brains end up being wired, yeah. And and I have my own version of my negative self-talk too and I have to, I have to actively practice strategies to yeah. that. 
one way that I, I combat it is through journaling. I yeah. find some my negative self-talk, it'll like go on a reel, like it'll just keep repeating over and over. But when I get to write it out, what's re what I'm really thinking, and for me, some people it's speaking, yeah. for me it's writing because I can't edit. I don't edit while I'm writing. I just let yeah. it flow. And so sometimes what comes out in my writing is I'm not even aware that I'm thinking of it. Sometimes it's a subconscious thing. And yeah. what I we do and I don't know if I've practiced this in the past it's just the way I'm built when I get out all the yucky stuff I naturally automatically reframe it for myself yeah. I'm like oh shit this isn't actually true yep. and I like it really isn't true this is just a thought or a belief and it's not always based in reality and it's almost never helpful and it's, yeah, continuing to think that and believe that is not serving me or helping me at all. And so I naturally start to reframe it in a way, be like, oh, like, actually, my body is, is keeping me alive right now. And I get to walk and I get yeah. to, and I get to hug my loved ones. And so for me, it's always remembering, remembering like more from more of a neutral point of view, like, what does my body actually do for me versus what it looks like? And I really stopped idolizing appearances. That's another thing I thought today. I'm like, what, what was one of the things that shifted myself for, for working on my, like what I call radical body acceptance is I stopped idolizing bodies. I don't idolize ones that don't have wrinkles. I don't idolize ones that are tanned. I don't idolize ones that have, you know, have no gray hair. Like I, or ones that don't have varicose veins. Like I've stopped idolizing and thinking that there's an ideal body. Yeah, which again so takes practice. That, and just accepted that all bodies are equally amazing and yeah. wonderful. It, it's, it's really helped me detach that, that meaning for myself. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, I, I very much did the same thing, but before I was able to do that, I really had to stop and start building some awareness around what, what some of my beliefs around bodies were. Like mm. my own beliefs around what was good and what was bad and where does this come from and why am I thinking this way? And you know, like, why am I judging this to be good and this to be bad? And so it was really helpful, not even with my own body, but like you were saying, all bodies to just sort of start questioning the things that I was saying to myself about bodies. So if I noticed myself judging a body, I would sort of dig into that a little bit for myself and okay, well, where is this? Is this helpful? Is this true? Is this, you know, something that I want to carry with me going forward? Is this, um, is this a good thing to be thinking about, about it this way? So it's really just about questioning it and then just learning to sort of shift and make up your own mind. Because I like, like most people, I was very programmed to believe that like this, this is a good body. This is a bad body. And I always have to, you know, and so I really had to start unpacking some of my own um, biases and beliefs just around bodies in general, not even just my own and questioning what the hell difference does it make what it looks like? Why is that so important? And why am I judging one over the other? And I mean, again, you know, the reality is as humans, it's natural for us to judge. We judge everything all day long. We're always judging. It's a normal we're, thing to do. We're to. wired we to. to judge. We have to. This information for survival. and 100%. Yeah. yeah. So just understanding that that judgment is normal, but then, okay, is it helping? Is it helpful? Is it, you know, a good thing? Is it something I want to continue doing? And so for me, it was really just about exploring all of that. And then just detaching myself at the same time. Like, I'm not falling prey to that anymore. 
like I, I don't I'm not here to try to impress anymore because yeah. like I've done that it almost killed me it's not <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> so the last point um I'm sure you can talk more about it is sometimes we're, we're our bodies have changed and our clothes aren't fitting uh we go into that stress that panic feeling yeah. And our first instinct is like when we're in panic mode, we usually have a default. Yeah. We, we go back on default. And usually because of decades of, of conditioning, our default is diet. Yep. Over exercise, punish our body, work yep. it, and, and usually doing it in a way that isn't sustainable, that yep. is, doesn't actually make us feel good. And we know that studies now show that like diets actually don't work. They tend yeah. to opposite of what they say they're going to do and only really a small percentage get it, you know, end up doing what the diet says is going to happen. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. First of all, from the perspective of why is it so easy to fall into that trap? And it's so easy to fall into that trap because we have become so programmed to believe that one body is good and one body is bad, that one way is success and one way is failure, right? This type of body is, is idolized. Weight loss is idolized and praised. <laughs> like you're put on a pedestal if you gain weight or if you lose weight. <laughs> and demonized. On size, you can't feel joy and happiness. Yeah. And you have to like weight <laughs> yes and you're and and demonize if if weight is gained right mm -hmm. and so it's really it's really normal for us to see that playing out in other people so we see that playing out every day in other people and then we gain weight ourselves and instantly what happens is we feel insecure. We feel like we're going to get judged. We feel scared of being unhealthy because we're always reminded how unhealthy it is and all of this stuff. So it, it starts triggering all of this crap. Um, and maybe now is a good time to pop into the um, little exercise that um, I thought would, would be helpful. Let's do it. So we're going to start by just getting kind of comfy, just relaxing, getting comfy and bringing our attention to our breath a little bit. Getting out of our head and into our body. You can close your eyes to help you get into your body a little more. And imagine, put yourself in your bedroom in front of your mirror for a second and you're trying on your clothes. You're standing there, trying on your clothes. You go to pull up those shorts and you can't get them up past your hips. What's the first thing you think? Oh, I'm so fat. I'm so gross. This is awful. I'm such a failure. I did it again. I gained weight. I'm so disgusting. Oh my God, summer's coming. What are people going to think when they see this? And I want you to let those thoughts just run through your head for a second. And I want you like the worst of the worst that you think about your body. And I want you to pay attention to what you're feeling in your body as you're thinking them. Now for me, and I've been doing this work for a very, very long time, but even for me with as long as I've been doing this work, when I say those words out loud, I can feel it like in my stomach, it starts feeling like knots and in the, like my chest starts like feeling tight and my heart starts to pound a little more and it just feels like, ugh. 
right? It just, it feels terrible. But notice what you're feeling and, I, and give, it, give it a voice. So I'm feeling tension in my chest when I think that. I'm feeling tightness. I'm feeling heaviness. I feel bad about myself. I'm worried about what are people going to think? My stomach is sick now. So really give it a voice. And then consider how many times a day you think those thoughts. Whether you're aware of it or not, that's what's happening. Yeah, Paula says panic, shortness of breath. Exactly. And every time you think those thoughts in the run of a day, whether you're aware of it or not, that's what's happening in your body. And what's happening is it's triggering fear, insecurity, feelings of not being good enough, and shame. So instantly in that moment, you've been triggered, right? And your brain recognizes the threat. And what happens when your brain feels fear and recognizes a threat? It disconnects from body. So we're not connected here anymore. And it starts searching for solutions. And that's what you were saying about, I need to fix, I need to fix, I need to fix. That's why we start looking for the diet because we're so programmed to believe, oh, weight loss will fix this, right? But what happens then? So the logical decision-making part of our brain is offline completely. And we're stuck in this fear cycle. And it's just that fear uh, the fear center, you know, frantically looking for the solution. And the solution we believe is, is weight loss. So then what happens? Causes all of these uncomfortable emotions, causes fear, causes stress, which does what to us? Makes us want to eat more to soothe, right? And it, it triggers that I need to lose weight thought, which then, then what happens? Well, then we start promising the diet's going to start tomorrow and eating all of the things that make us feel like crap today. Or maybe we start trying to be good today and restricting. And then what happens when we start restricting? Eventually we fall off track and eat all of the things that, that make us feel like crap. Um, or we start searching for things that, give us, that will give us the motivation to fix it, which always end up keep making us feel like crap because it's usually things like transformation photos that just really trigger that shame even more. So we get stuck in that cycle. And it could be you know, hundreds of thousands of times in the run of our life, we do that and we stay stuck in that fear. And all of those conditioned patterns of thoughts and beliefs and behaviors and all of that crap um, that we carry around this idea of weight loss and the body insecurity and the fear to get clothes that actually fit, right? And, you know, all of that stuff, they fuel the three biggest causes of self-destructive eating, which is restriction, uh, self-punishment, and then emotional eating. We start trying to restrict, which causes overeating and binging or feeling out of control around food. Or we start punishing, and we start punishing by trying to restrict or over-exercise or full-on binging, right? And then we have all of these negative emotions and all of this extra fear on top of the fear that we've been feeling because of the pandemic and everything that else that's been going on. And then we start trying to soothe that fear with food because we don't know what else to do with it. And you just stay stuck in that cycle forever. And it's so easy to stay there because the promises of, of, you know, the weight loss industry is that it's a solution to that problem. They come in on their white night saying, we've got a solution to change, to help you fix this fear and insecurity. And it keeps, it just keeps you stuck in that cycle forever and perpetuates that, um, you know, perpetuates keeping you stuck in that cycle. And because we're, you know, a species that craves acceptance and belonging, we chase the weight loss because we crave that validation. But again, it just keeps us stuck in that, um, 
you know, it just keeps us stuck in that cycle. So now I want to try another exercise. Okay. To practice how it's going to, how we can do, do something differently. Because that felt terrible and I still have a knot in my stomach from it. And I don't like that feeling. So let's pull out of that and change it. And what you said about just stepping back and leaving the room and letting that, because you are, you're triggered in that moment, you're triggered. And so stepping back, just pausing, taking a breath, recognizing that you've been triggered, walking away is really, really good. Um, but I want to walk through another exercise that we can practice as well. So again, we're going to close our eyes, bring our attention back into our body. Ground nice and solid in our body, feeling at home. And imagine you're standing in front of the mirror again. And this time, as soon as you notice that first mean thought, the second you notice it, second it pops in, you're going to bring kindness and compassion into the equation, just like you were saying, Amanda. So, and again, just like Amanda said, pause for a second to be aware of what just happens. You can even say to yourself, oh, there's that fear and insecurity again. I see you. Okay, that's all right. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way sometimes and I don't have to get sucked into it. Keep breathing. I'm just a human who's feeling a little scared and insecure right now. And like, like you were saying, Amanda, you can think about how would, you, how would you treat your mother and your friend? You give them a hug, tell them it's okay. So you're gonna do that for yourself instead. And I always find it helpful to place my hand on my chest when I'm noticing myself feeling a little bit of fear because it helps with that physical connection. So you can put your hand on your chest, maybe rub it a little bit, talk to yourself like, it's okay, sweetheart. I see you, I know what you're feeling, it's okay, it's all right. I know you're feeling insecure, I know you're feeling scared, it's all right. And then remember that you can change your focus. Exactly like you were saying with the gratitude, you can change your focus. What do I wanna focus on instead? I can keep focusing on all of this crap that's making me feel terrible and contributing to eating in ways that aren't serving me, or like you said, I can turn my focus to things that I'm grateful for about my body, which is gonna make me feel good, which is gonna make me feel better, which is more likely to contribute to, sorry, excuse me, to contribute to choices that are nurturing and loving for myself. Because that's the thing, right? We think that, is, that we have to hold on to this body hate so that we'll be motivated to change it. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hear that across the board. They're like, it's the only thing that motivates, motivates me. And That's why I wanted to do that first exercise. It's not motivating you. It's demotivating you. It's causing you so much stress and so much fear and so much extra insecurity. And it is destroying your self-worth. It is not motivating. It's demotivating. And it's exhausting. It's so exhausting to worry about it all the time. Yeah. That we are something that needs to be fixed. Yes. I hate, I hate, I hate the saying work in progress. I hate it. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> you know, bad, but I'm triggered when I'm triggered because I'm just like, no, you're not. We can still completely accept ourselves in every moment good or bad or whatever and still accept ourselves and still learn and grow and change yeah absolutely and absolutely. it's it's going to be such a more positive experience if it comes from a place of love 
or res if it's not love, then maybe respect yep. or kindness or curiosity yep. instead. Yeah, 100%. And I would even argue that in order to learn and to grow and to change all of these things that aren't working for us. And that's what it's really about, right? It's not about judging one way of be as being good and one way as being bad or fixing anything that's wrong with us or, you know, it's just about recognizing our patterns. What's working for me? What's not working for me? And of the things that aren't working for me, what do, what can I change? What can I, what can I work on changing? Because you can't work on changing things, but you can also accept that where you're at. And if you're not accepting where you're at, you're stuck in resistance to what is. And if you are stuck in resistance to what is, if you're stuck in resistance to yourself and you're stuck rejecting parts of yourself, it is very, very difficult to change anything. Yeah. Because so much energy is expended on that resistance and on that fight that you don't have any left for anything else. Yeah. So I would even offer that self-acceptance is required <laughs> to make any kind of positive change that, you know, or, or shift anything that's, that's not working in our life. I agree. Yeah. It's been a half hour, but I do want to open it up to any questions. I, I don't know if people have been here the whole time or coming in and out and not quite sure what we've been talking about or, you know, have just been coming in and out. And so it was really about what we've been talking about is navigating our body changes. And, you know, I brought in the more aspect on in our wardrobes because that's usually a common trigger that can trigger some negative self-talk. And, yep. and that's, too. I'm a style coach. So that's often, I am coaching women through this process as they're struggling with their bodies and their clothes. So I'm just going to open up if anybody for us before we stop. And I think it's really important to look at it from the perspective of clothes as well, because, you know, I, I think I said this to you before, too. We don't we often don't recognize how big of an impact our clothes have on the way that we think about ourselves and the choices that we make for ourselves. Because if you're trying to, you know, put yourself into clothes that you're not comfortable in every day just because you're scared of going up a size or whatever, that and as you saw in the exercise that I just that I just walked everybody through, that really, really impacts the way that you feel about yourself and it impacts the way that the choices that you make as a result. So, excuse me, it's not just, oh, you know, get some new clothes or something. It's really vital to learn to accept your body and dress your body exactly as it is today, right now in this yeah. I had this conversation yesterday with a potential client and she was like, I believe that, you know, cause she's, she came to me, she's like, I feel frumpy. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean and look like to you? And then she goes, I do believe that if I can wear clothes that I feel good in, then that's going to help with my confidence, yep. you know, help with, with, you know, feeling insecure. And so she's like, I'm assuming that's going to happen. I said, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing. Yeah. Right? Like, first, you have to be open. Now, I've, I've met women who aren't. Yeah. They, they are not open to wanting to think and feel differently. And so I tell them, it doesn't matter what I put on your body, you're never going to be happy. Yeah. Because you're judging it. But if you're open, if you're open to thinking and believing and feeling something different, then absolutely putting clothes on that make you feel amazing and confident and joyful will absolutely impact how you feel about yourself and your confidence and your self-esteem. And it will impact the choices you make for yourself. 100%. As a result. 
Hollis said, can you provide an example, or is it the same when you think someone looks at you sideways, looks you up and down, <laughs> how do you respond internally towards them? So, so like, like she, she mentioned like judgment, like she thinks people are judging her? Yeah, I, th oh. I think so. Is, is that, okay. that's, that, that's what you're asking, I think, Polly, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to dive into this first, or do you want me to go first? No, you go. So... And this is a really, really good question because most people are always worried about what people think. And especially as we're coming out of the pandemic and, and weight gain and all of that. You're telling yourself a story about what this person is saying or thinking. You have no idea what's going on in their head. You have no idea what's going on in your head. You're telling yourself a story. And you can choose to tell yourself a different story. And you can also choose to say, hey, you know what? Since I don't know what's going on in their head, why let myself think that they're judging me negatively? And also, why do I care? <laughs> like, why does it matter what they think of me? And for me, one of the biggest moments of realization for me on, on this whole, you know, what, what are people thinking of me question, or are they judging, was when I realized that literally there's not a person on the planet that could ever think anything worse about me than I have thought about myself over the course of my life. And if I could survive that going on in my own head all day, every day, and do the work required to change it and think differently about myself, nothing that anybody else could ever think or say about me can hurt me. And it's none of my business what they say or think anyway, especially if I don't know. And I also believe that the assumption that you're making about what these people, like if you're assuming that they're judging you in a negative way, you're only assuming that because you're doing it to yourself. 100%. You need to change your own judgment. 100%, yes. And then yeah, that's why you're telling yourself that story because you're doing the judging. Or you don't care or you're, you're open to the possibilities. Yeah. Like, because I look damn good today. I'm wearing a cute outfit. Yeah. <laughs> looks good or yeah. confidence and happiness because I'm smiling they're maybe noticing that yeah so 100% once you start talking to yourself in a positive way you stop you start judging yourself less you're gonna stop assuming the judgments towards yourself I struggle with this because I tend to really not give a shit what other people think of me so this is kind of hard for me to like tell people how I practice this because it's just and I don't want to say, like, I don't care. Like, I care what my husband thinks. Like, I do care, but I've always prioritized what I think first. How I, what I think, what I believe, yeah. always is what's so much more important than what others. And I've made a choice to not hate myself. Yes. I've made a choice not to judge myself. And then I, once I've made that choice, then I practice it. And, and I, it think that that's, I think that that's a really important point to make because... Everything that we're talking about is truly about realizing that we have the power to make a different choice, that we don't have to stay stuck in these thoughts and beliefs. And we can choose to think and, and believe and start telling ourselves different things. It is a choice. And we have to want to make that choice. And then we have to actively continue to practice it because it's not just as simple as going, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to change that. Because all of those thoughts are going to continue to pop into your head especially for the first little while. And they're going to feel very strong. They're going to feel very loud. They're going to feel very true because you've been training 
you've been you've been fueling them for years you've been feeding them for years probably even decades so they're going to feel true they're going to feel strong but you always have it you don't have a choice what thought pops into your head but you have a choice what you do with it when it does paula says train the brain one thousand percent yeah that's what we're talking about doing hundred percent mindfulness helps getting in your body yep. tapping yep. into senses letting your body and how you feel and your intuition guide you over listening to your brain because your brain is going to lie to you because it wants yeah. to be safe. It doesn't want to make you vulnerable. So all of these things that you perceive as unsafe, being in a bigger body is being unsafe. And yep. you've been told that that is true. So I understand why we have that belief. Yep. But recognize, like, get into your body. Your body knows. Well, that's why I walked through that little exercise to because when when you're in that moment and you're you've been triggered by this thought right you, you're recognizing that it's fear and it's insecurity instantly when you're triggered by those things brain disconnects so like i said like like you said mindfulness but that's kind of what the exercise was that i was walking you through it it brings you back into your body and into the moment and into the truth and it helps you reconnect it helps you turn that logic center back on it helps you to rationalize a little bit it helps you to change your focus and you're not as likely to get stuck in that that downward spiral the vortex as you call it which is so true because <laughs> that's what it can feel like yeah so super important to work on on um staying present in the moment especially when you notice you've been triggered like that absolutely yeah yeah for sure Paula, thank you we didn't get any more questions so it's been 40 minutes so we'll sign off. Thank you for those who joined. Um, I hope you got a benefit from this conversation. I think it was amazing. And I really think it could help others just have a different perspective and think things differently and start to practice maybe something differently. So mm -hmm. yeah, lovely to see you again, Amanda. Thank you to everybody that joined us. See you Bye. Soon. Bye. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.